a narcissist who now threatens the life of every American. Not my words, but the words of Mary Trump from Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. Accordingly, with the uh, likely publication of this, even though there are people in the States who are trying to prevent it, uh, we're delighted to actually have a mini past prologue with, of course, the awesomeness that is Dr. Finn Pollard connected with us. Finn, good to see you. How are you? Uh, very good to see you. I'm, I'm getting a bit, a bit cabin feverish now. At, uh, I don't know, what are we, three months into lockdown or something like that? Uh, but well, we, keep so. we keep going, we keep going. Yeah, I mean, we, it's all free now. We're all going about. The, the VAT has been cut. We can, we, uh, taxes fly. We, we do all sorts of things. Or maybe not, not if we don't want uh, COVID-19 spikes and such like going through. Um, I, I, I don't like the term unprecedented. But at the same time, it's, it's probably sort of particularly apt for this particular side of things, because I cannot recall a single American president, and, and you're the specialist in terms of this, who has had his family call him out to this extent. And some of the lines about more than narcissism, the, 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 the notion of Mary Trump having to take her uncle down. Uh, she describes how she supplied tax documents to the, U to the New York Times, which uh, used them to publish a 14,000 word investigative article in Mr. Trump. His cheating on university SAT tests, allegedly, uh, how he destroyed her father and so on, has a problem with women. This cannot be good. I mean, this, perhaps it's good news for Kanye West, though. Well, it's extraordinary. I mean, it is extraordinary. I think you're right. I don't think there's been an equivalent occasion of family going after uh, an incumbent president in, in this kind of way. Um, I, I'm not sure how much impact the, this kind of these further revelations about his sort of character and behavior uh, will have on the race. Um, I mean, it seems to me that um, We've sort of been through this, you know, there's been so many revelations about his character, you know, the, the going right back to all the stuff about his uh, mistreatment of women um, or alleged mistreatment of women in the run up to the original, his original election victory in, in 2016. And, and I, I, and I think I've said before on, on air that I thought that, uh, you know, in past elections, any one of those allegations would have doomed a candidacy. And he just sort of sailed serenely on. I mean, it is interesting that, as you say, they, 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 he was attempting to block publication of the book um, in the same way that he had previously attempted to block uh, John Bolton's book uh, from coming out, um, which suggests on some level he's a bit worried about what impact well, these, these revelations the, might have. The thing, the thing for me, Finn, that I find particularly interesting about this, uh, clearly every president, every leader has their enemies has people who disagree with them fundamentally or possibly sort of to, to various aggressive levels. And whether you were let down by Nixon, the Nixon administration, or Bill Clinton, or George Bush, and you felt that it was an unjust war, a, a senior, or even Ronald Reagan, or any of the sort of lines that there, there are obviously challenges within that. But this is the first time I can really recall a close blood relative effectively raising this particular level and saying, you are a psychotic. You are you you are danger to the American people. You are destroying our country. And I think, from that point of view, it surely has to have a, a certain impact in, in the in the way that you know we've already heard rumours last week that effectively he was looking to, in the event of actually losing the upcoming election in uh, November, actually uh, still finding strategies to stay in the White House by deregistering voters and so on and so forth. It's all very well in a sense saying, well, it's COVID-19, China being the greatest threat to the United States, 
all of these other factors coming through on this system. I just find it astounding because as you rightly said, in any, in any normal situation, any one of the sort of past situations might have been enough to effectively said, look, it's time to actually go. But this seems a, a strange time indeed. It's it's very odd. I mean, I mean, there's definitely. I think there's a lot of evidence that they that he and indeed the party are getting worried about what may happen in November. Um, and I think the point you made there about the uh, the attempt to, um, uh, as it were, reduce the pool of voters uh, who might uh, voter suppression. Sorry, is the phrase I wanted. It's been a, been a, been a long day already. Um, uh, I think the uh, that that is certainly going on very very conspicuously um, and. Um, I think you also mentioned uh, the, this very odd phenomenon of uh, Kanye West uh, popping up. Was it was it yesterday or the day before? Suddenly saying, "I'm I'm going to run for president," um, and I think it's very clear that that certainly from the, the Trump side of that, um, the 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 aim is to try to uh, sort of suppress. Um, particularly, I, I think it's thought that that uh, it could suppress the the younger black voters um, who are regarded as being soft in terms of support for Biden at the moment. And that because um, my initial reaction to that was that Kanye West wouldn't be able to make a big difference because the the deadline. Oh, sorry for the the ping there. The deadline for most of the uh, for mo to get on the ballot is either closed or or closing. Even with even with there's a, there's quite a few swing states where there's something like a month or thereabouts to do write-in campaign uh, to, sorry to to collect signatures to get on as a non-major party candidate but it just see that seemed to a stretch to me to do that but uh, commentators who are much more expert on it than me have said well of course what he can if he can run some kind of a write-in campaign and siphon off enough of that soft vote for biden it might so so there's definitely all of that going on and, and of course kanye west indeed was fairly fulsome in his support for donald trump a few years ago so you know the, the line that he was then saying oh he, he would run for office and in fact trump himself had actually said that he would make a great president for 2024 again extraordinary times um let's just move on slightly to this because i'm looking at the live news report and this is going out obviously uh, first wednesday in july so we'll, we'll make it well as a podcast again today 60,000 new coronavirus cases have been recorded in the United States. We're in regular contact with people in Florida, in North Carolina, some of whom have been exchange students with us at the University of Lincoln, with uh, colleagues and, and contributors in, in uh, uh, San Diego and in California and so on. And the united feeling is this is unbelievable. I mean, again, you've got the United States and Britain uh, one and two, Brazil, I suppose, leading the way from that point of view. Surely, the again, does it just make one speechless, or is it just a case of do you not understand that maybe unlike the current Brazilian president, where it's just a little flu, and Donald Trump's line that it's ninety nine percent harmless, this is not the case. It's it's staggering. It's I mean I think I think there is a very strong argument. It's the greatest failure in national leadership in the states you know i mean i it, possibly ever really i mean the 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 not so much you know you you might make an argument that a number of countries britain included underestimated the scale of the the problem at the beginning of the crisis uh, you know in in sort of january february march the longest time we've been off campus in our entire teaching careers no indeed indeed um but I think I think what's been what's been extraordinary to me is the way that 
Trump has in effect engineered a continued spike. Um, you know, I was listening, you know, somebody was, what well, I think it was one of his, uh, one of the sort of Center for Dis Disease Control uh, uh, experts saying, it's not really, we're not even, it, this isn't a second spike we're seeing in the States, really, this is just the continuation of the first wave, because of course they, they got it under control with the same kind of, uh, you know, drastic measures that we've had, we've experienced here in places like New York and California. And I, I actually thought at the time, because there was already so much pushback in, in GOP-controlled states towards lockdown and towards that, uh, that, you know, those policies, I actually thought then that there would be a very quick rise in, you know, as it were, in flyover country. And it didn't materialize immediately. And I thought, well, perhaps they've, you know, that notwithstanding the fact that, they're, that those governors are trying a different approach, perhaps they're going to... Uh, you know, be lucky. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, now we're seeing the consequences, you know, they're, they're, I think Texas, Florida, Arizona, uh, you know, all these places with rocketing case rates and, you know, the reporting starting to come in that ICU beds are running out um, in, in those states. And he's just sort of, I mean, he, it's extraordinary the way that he just sort of goes on doubling down on it and saying, you know, oh, well, we, the only reason there's so much is we're doing more tests and uh, I don't like to wear a mask and on all this. I mean, I mean, it is incredible. There's, there's a slight, slight sort of a change because I was speaking to somebody in Pennsylvania, one of our former graduates, actually, and he said that he'd been over in Britain in February and obviously he's now living because his, his family uh, are now in, in Pennsylvania and have been there. And he does say that sometimes the foreign media does tend to over exaggerate. But I think in this case, maybe there is a there is a change in terms of where we're going to. Um, Looking at it from a historical perspective, after all, the programme originally is past prologue, although I don't think we'd ever anticipated doing it either via this system with just the two of us, but what the heck? Um, at least it's a mini past prologue, that's the key thing. Um, I was thinking about the Spanish flu, which of course was an emergence a hundred or so years ago and is often regarded by folk as being the parallel to where we are now in terms of a, a pandemic. Uh, and at that stage, the British government coining the phrase, keep calm and carry on, because there was a concern that they didn't want to hinder the war effort. So they basically just said, oh, we'll just carry on regardless. Now, this time, thankfully, we don't have a world war, at least as far as I'm aware, unless Huawei and China have started something off. But um, in terms of the, the, the overall thing, um, do you feel as though actually the sort of general ways in which America is positioning itself to the world, specifically denouncing the WHO as being something that's just connected with China, specifically buying actually all of the um, necessary treatments that they can and basically hoarding them from that point of view. Is America going to come out with this, with, with shall we say, its reputation for honesty, truth and decency intact? Or is it a case of we're beginning to see what could well be the beginning of the end of certainly the current administration, but actually the whole notion. And I feel so sorry for, for so many American colleagues and friends that we actually have who, who, are, who are existing this. I and mean, I think Britain, we limp, we limp through. We've got our own Brexit challenges coming up. We've got all sorts of other aspects working through that. But there's not kind of that level of almost downright insanity that seems to be going across the, on, across the Atlantic. I, I think it's very, it's very hard to read how it might, how it might pan out. I think a lot of the stuff, as you say, um, withdrawing from the World Health Organization, buying up the vaccine supplies, um, I mean, one or two other things, the, this, this new 
barring of students, foreign, uh, of, uh, foreign students if it's purely online teaching. Um, I, I think a lot of that you could link up to long-term trends in the, in the Trump administration about sort of a more isolationist stance, uh, you know, linked to a more America first stance. So I think that kind of fits in. It, it's, it's hard to judge you know, one can sort of see two possible directions coming out of this. One in which the the states is more permanently diminished and other actors, uh, you know, potentially China, potentially, you know, Russia, potentially other uh, groups, you know, become more dominant and the kind of uh, sort of what passes for the global order that we've, you know, that, that has established itself at least since the Second World War ceases to operate. It's, it's, it also seems to be possible that, it, you know, if Trump does lose in November and, you know, obviously one of the things I think that, that uh, you know, the Democrats and Biden are keen to do is to rebuild uh, international links and rebuild relationships. Um, and it just really depends. I think it's very hard to judge at this point to what extent those relationships have deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and indeed, whether they're recoverable. Hopefully they are. Uh, final question for you, Finn. Um, I once read a thesis, I can't remember who actually put it together, but it suggested that actually one can never get a flavour of how a century is going to pan out until you're actually two decades in. Uh, I think people have actually said the same thing. You didn't really, you know, the 20th century didn't really start until pretty much the end of the, of the Great War, as they'd refer to it, the First World War, and so on. Allowing for that certainly seems as though we are interested in, in, in interesting times because, I mean, the technology thankfully is there. We're beginning to, we're beginning to, to use it, although, again, it's patchy. It's, it's, it's not ideal. Uh, I, one of the reasons for my motivation to start doing more shows via Zoom was, well, when I see some of our members of Parliament and how they actually contribute to the whole thing, I think, well, I think we can do that as well, basically. So at least on that basis, we've got, we've got a positivity. Um, is the prognosis possibly good? I mean, or is it just a case of we don't know and we're just doing it? Because obviously the University of Lincoln, we are going to be adopting blended learning. Lectures are going to be online. Uh, we have virtual open days. We're developing other areas within that. Um, is it a case of we need to hold on tight, enjoy the ride and continue doing the best we can? I mean, I think in some ways that's all we can do. I mean, it, it, it really is almost one of those sort of uh, you know cultivate your own garden kind of situation or your your immediate kind of you know what I we used, can try and I, I used to think zoom was nothing but an ice lolly from the 1960s but you know that's a different line entirely no no exactly I mean, I mean i think you know in a way all we can do at the moment is try and you know as individuals is try and you know look after our own immediate family and friends and you know try within our you know our workplaces and where we have got you know, some agency to, to try and make these things work. And I, you know, I'm very conscious in, in my role within the university of the amount of work that, you know, colleagues have had to put in to adapt to we, these We like the additional bureaucracy thanks to the Department um, of Students, etc. It's good, <laughs> you know, bring it on. <laughs> but I, well, yes, I, I, I think I think I think any thoughts of mine in that direction yes, are better. Yes, yes. No, we, we, we easily very unspoken. But, um, but, but no, I mean, I think I think what's so, again, it's, it, one can sort of see a scenario in which the the immediate kind of political um, problems, as as I might see, you know, that the, the fact that you've got an American administration who really have got no grip or, on this crisis at all, and a, and a British administration who are, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would well, say, I the, you know, the, the, stumbling the kind, along behind them. The, the um, kindest thing I've heard so far about our current prime minister 
is he's a teddy bear that talks. That's about the, the kindest thing I've heard. So, and uh, I, I like that. Um, the, I mean, I think I think one can foresee scenarios in which both of those leaders uh, and administrations are replaced by. I mean, I think the fundamental thing would be replaced by more competent. Um, more competent people that regardless of what you what one thinks about the ideologies that you know it's been the basic competence that I think has been such a problem what what's more difficult I think at the moment to, to you know imagine is it, it I think it's very unclear how long the COVID you know how will co the COVID situation ease to what extent will we be able to go back to what we think of as being a more normal uh, you know the, what we thought of as normal and of course, the, you know, the, the, uh, people are obviously talking about, you know, the climate change situation, again, which is something certainly Trump is completely unengaged, you know, the opposite of unengaged by. So it, it's also possible, to, I think, to foresee a scenario in which we are about to enter a very different, um, you know, a very different world in, that in, in is classic, actually quite hard to think through, you know. And the classic line from The Tempest, oh, brave new world that has such creatures in it. Uh, to paraphrase the bard. Uh, Finn, it's been fantastic connecting with a good self, really good to, to, to see you again, because I know we've seen each other just briefly across meetings and I was disconnected completely due to uh, lack of broadband, lack of other issues. I don't think I actually had the virus, but I certainly had something which sort of took me out of play for a couple of months. Uh, but we have proven today that a mini uh, version of Past Perello can take place. Shall we look possibly in August or maybe early September to see if we can actually again virtually connect a few others and actually do a full past prologue. Definitely.